Good morning, and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a vision for you, big book study. My name is Penny C., and I am a recovered compulsive overeater from the Boston area. Today is Wednesday, December 28, 2022, and this is a 7 a.m. vision for you meeting. Today we are reading from the big book. We are in the chapter We Agnostics on page 52, the first paragraph, which begins with, but in most fields, and ends with, for something that does. Just that one paragraph today. Today's readers are Annette M. for the 12 Steps, Heather M. for the 12 Traditions. The readers of the text are Vanessa G. and Sandy C., and Nancy P. is our backup. The newcomer greeter will be Pam S.R., and the second hour host is Anne Marie M. The reference numbers for yesterday, Tuesday, December 27, 2022, are these. The 7 a.m. meeting, 19,790. The 10 a.m. meeting, 19,791. And this is the OA preamble. Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who through shared experience, strength, and hope are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and compulsive food behaviors and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose, OA's fifth tradition states, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At A Vision for You Big Book Study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. And I'm going to ask Annette M. to read the steps we took, which are suggested as a program of recovery. Good morning, Annette. Good morning, Penny. Thank you for your service. This is Annette M. from Toronto, Canada. The 12 steps. One, we admitted we were powerless over food, that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, we're entirely ready to have God remove all those defects of character. Seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, may direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. Ten, continue to take personal inventory 
and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. Eleven, sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. Twelve, having had a spiritual awakening as a result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all our affairs. Thank you for letting me to serve us. Thank you so much, Annette M. And now I'm, I'm going to ask Heather M. to do the 12 traditions. Good morning, Penny, and thank you so much for your faithful service all month. It's Heather M. from Indiana. The 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. One, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous, except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, an OA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise, lest problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contribution. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA, as such, ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. Ten, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues. Hence, the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. Eleven, Our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, films, television, and other public media of communication. Twelve, anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all these traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. I pass. Thank you. That was Heather M. reading the 12 traditions for us. This is how our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we are discussing and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our abstinence requirements for moderators is one year and for readers is six months. There is no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We're sharing on what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star 1 to unmute. Then once you are done sharing, let us know by saying pass. Then press star 1 to mute your phone again. 
In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone except the speakers should be muted. Today we resume our study of the big book. We are in the chapter We Agnostics on page 52, the first paragraph that begins with, but in most fields, and ends with, for something that does. And I'm going to ask Vanessa G. to start us off by reading that paragraph and sharing. Good morning, Vanessa. Good morning, everyone. It's Vanessa G. from New Mexico, recovered and happy to be of service this morning. Thank you for a great December. This is page 52. In most fields, our generation has witnessed complete liberation of our thinking. So any longshoreman, a Sunday supplement describing a proposal to explore the moon by means of a rocket, and he will say, I bet they'll do it, maybe not so long either. Is not our age characterized by the ease with which we discard old ideas for new, by the complete readiness with which we throw away the theory or gadget which does not work for something new, which does. Complete liberation of our thinking. Um, Who knew that by liberating my thinking, I would liberate myself from compulsive overeating? Um, You know, it it seems that um, for all of you know, my efforts at controlling, you know, my eating, controlling my weight, controlling um, everything. Um, It was always directed directly and specifically at my eating. And and it turns out that uh, what needed to be freed was my mind. And, um, you know, ever since I was a kid, I know that uh, for me, I, my default, uh, my, my automatic um, position on anything almost um, was opposition, um, antithesis. You know, if somebody told me something, I immediately went to the place where I critiqued it and I understood it to be wrong and only my perspective was correct. And um, it took this book and and particularly, I'm, I'm sure, this chapter, um, and, you know, the demoralization of my um, addiction to bring me to the place that I opened my mind and um, allowed myself to consider um, possibilities that I had never considered before, to drop the, the debate, um, to stop, um, just let go of my natural inclination um, to reject everything that anybody gave me in terms of direction um, out of hand and then come back around to it. You know, for once in my life, I was um, open-minded and and also um, honest and willing. Um, I had the opportunity a few weeks ago to read the um, appendix to this chapter on honest, you know, on uh, spiritual experiences. It finishes up um, saying that open-mindedness is one of the essentials of recovery. Um, I'm going to be forever grateful that that's a gift that I've been given and, um, and that I have been able not only to have it at the beginning of this program, but to keep it 
to continue to seek and to continue to look for a deeper and more um, complete understanding of things by listening to other people. And with that, I'm going to pass. Um, I just, um, with a, a small prayer, that um, contempt prior to investigation um, continues to um, be in the background in my mind um, and that I keep my mind open. Thank you. Thank you, Vanessa G. And now, just a moment before I take names of people who would like to share, remember that the um, although we we value everyone's experience, we ask that you limit your sharing to every third day. So that means if you shared on any vision meeting on Monday or Tuesday of this week, we ask you to hold back and allow other voices to be heard. Also, I will try my very best to hear everybody and get your name down here. So with that, who would like to share on this paragraph? Christina J. Nessa R. Barbara um, A. E. Brina L. Okay. I have Christina, Nessa, Barbara, Rena. Anyone else? Tom A. Who was that? Tom A. Paul. Tom, T-O-M. Okay, you'll correct me if I get it wrong when I call on you, I hope. (laughs) All right. Anyone else before I go back to Christina? Okay, let's do those. Um, And if I didn't say your last initial and perhaps also where you you are located, I'm going to ask you to do that when you share. So, Christina, will you get us going again? Yes, Penny, thank you for your service um, and everyone else who's doing service on this line and for this great vision meeting. You know, I've come to know that sobriety is my problem. You know, sobriety is my problem because uh, when I put the food down, uh, what do I got? I got my mind. And um, unless I work these steps to relieve myself of my thinking, the old ways of thinking, I don't got a chance in hell. I'm going to go back to the food. Um, It's uncomfortable being without the food. It's uncomfortable. And um, I heard a great AA speaker uh, share last week that um, surrender is letting go of my judgment about things. And I really had to think about that. Judgment of how my life should be. Judgment of how my food should be. My personal self-pity about why my life isn't the way it used to be. That's a judgment. I have to surrender everything. You know, I've heard some speakers that have had to let go of everything and, like on this line, too, get on their knees and say, okay, I'm yours. And that is a big step because I have an idea of how everything should be, like the opening share uh, spoke of. i got to let go of all that. I have to be at peace with all that. Uh, liberation of my thinking is letting go of my thinking liberating me from myself because myself ran the show and I have a big ego about how I ran my show and I thought it was the right thing. And, you know, I have to say, I'm not going to beat myself up for the past because it was the right thing. God said, go on out, honey. 
touch all those hot stoves. I'm going to let you go and go and go until you can't go anymore because the money's going to be gone. You're going to be standing on your back porch in the rain on your 60th birthday crying because you can't do what you thought you were supposed to do anymore. And then you're going to learn about surrender. I have to go to my job today and say, okay, God, I'm not particularly happy with this job. I feel deflated when I come to this job because it's not what I think I'm supposed to be doing. But I'm going to surrender to you and I'm going to change my attitude, liberate my thinking and say thank you, thank you, thank you. Sometimes I think, well, I need to be in grief about the way things aren't anymore. But that's a, for me, that takes me to another form of self-pity. Sure, I think we need to grieve things. But how long am I going to sit in the pity pot? You know, so... I'm saying all this because I need to hear it, and I hope someone else benefits from it, but I need my recovery, and I need to know what that recovery is about on a very deep soul level, to let go of me, liberate my thinking, and open up to this beautiful power that says, I know how to run your life. Look at, look at, the, look at the history of your life. I've always taken care of you, baby, and I'm going to do it in the future, and the end result is going to be love and compassion opening up, and being of service to others. What else are you going to be? Self-pity and selfish? Anyway, thank you for letting me share. I love you all. Christina, your last initial, please. Oh, Oh, sorry. Christina J., State of North Carolina. Thank you. Thank you very much, Christina. And next we have Nessa. I believe it's Nessa R., that's right. Thank you. Um, my name is Nessa R. Good morning, Vision, for you. My name is Nessa R. I am a recovered compulsive overeater in Toronto, Canada. I also want to share on the liberation of our thinking because this is the transformation that will uh, or that has freed me from the compulsion to overeat. Um, you know, and I pursued this transformation for many, many years. Um, you know, in many different forms of therapy with many different therapists, no avail. This is a transformation that um, Dr. Jung tried to affect and uh, Roland Hazard, and, and it didn't work. It didn't work because it's not a transformation that I can affect on my own by myself. This is something that God does. Um, this is something that God does once I have become entirely abstinent and I have worked the steps exactly as outlined in the big book once I thoroughly follow the path. Um, and, you know, this is um, also the, the new freedom that is spoken about in the big book um, at least a couple of times. You know, I can't, I can't remember, um, you know, so precisely, but at least a couple of times. And, and what is that new freedom? It's not the freedom to do whatever I want. That's not freedom. That's actually slavery, as counterintuitive as that may sound, you know. The, 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 the ability to do whatever I want whenever I want, to eat whatever I want whenever I want, that's slavery. I'm not a slave to the food. I'm slave to my, 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 my human appetites, to my base desires. That's just slavery. You know, freedom is you know, the absence of that subjugation, of that bondage of self, you know. So the liberation of my thinking is when I stop thinking 
solely about myself and what I want and how I think should be and how other people should behave and what's going to make me happy. Or even lofty things like what's going to make everybody else happy. You know, it's not up to me. That's, that's up to God. When I step out of the way and I start taking direction from God instead of giving direction to God and to others, that's when my thinking is liberated. When I stop saying, you know, this is my will, um, and I start saying, God, show me your will for me and help me do it. Give me the ability to do it. That's the liberation of my thinking. Um, you know, I, I can't say much more than that. Um, I only attained it uh, as a result of this, this beautiful work that we do um, in this program when we do it correctly in the proper sequence without taking away, without changing with it, without adding, um, just following the precise instructions laid out in this book. Um, you know, it's been for me um, over 11 years already of recovery, uh, and it's, um, it's not something I could have done myself. Uh, if I could have done it myself, I would have done something completely different and probably would not feel as happy and content um, as I, I do with my life and unfulfilled, I would say, as I feel with my life right now. And with that, I pass. Thank you. Thank you, Nessa. That was Nessa R. And next we have Barbara E. Good morning, Joni. Thank you so much for your service. Happy December to everyone. Well, my recovery from this disease is not a sprint. It's a marathon. And my higher power is a healing presence that opened my mind to the possibilities to stop analyzing and start utilizing the program. My recovery was not linear. There were curves along the way that I called slips and loops that I called confusion and speed bumps that I called friends and red lights that I called enemies and caution lights that I called family. But if I had a spare called determination and an engine called perseverance and insurance called faith, and a driver called higher power, we, you and I, can all make it to a place called recovery. My feelings cannot hurt me. I accept them and move on. Some days are diamonds and some days are stones. And when I'm feeling bad or sad or lonely, that's when the fellowship comes in. And I pick up the phone and call another and ask how they're doing or call a sponsor or a trusted friend and do a 10th step. I was always looking for some program or diet that would fix me and magically solve my problems. The bedevilments that plagued me. I had a lot of willpower. I will eat. I will pick a fight with you so I could be alone with my best friend enemy, food eaten in secret. My life had truly become unmanageable. I was always sitting on the pity pot. My life would be so much better if you just followed my script. I was manipulating. I was kind. I was whatever you wanted me to be, except authentic. 
because if you saw me the way I saw me, I knew you would shun me. Am I as ugly as I used to feel? Because when I ever, whenever I look in the mirror, I always think today beauty does exist within me, and I'm in no position to believe that I'm not good enough to be loved. Because no matter what, I still deserve love, and nothing I say will make me believe that I am a worthless, terrible person. So I remind myself there's beauty inside of me that matters. And I'm no longer going to lie to myself and say I hate myself in every single way and convince myself that I'm ugly. This program saved my life. I learned the hard way there is a solution. Not many solutions, but a solution to my problem with food. They once said, I heard in the movies, when you join the mob, you can never get out. Well, for me, that's true. Once OA came into my life and my heart, I can never and do not ever want to get out. So thank you. I am a grateful compulsive overeater. Grateful to you and grateful to this beauty of life. Thank you, Penny. I pass. Thank you, Barbara E. Rena L., you're up. Good morning. This is Rena L., recovered compulsive uh, overeater and anorexic in Ohio. Uh, it's good to be here. I um, I was thinking with the reading and the comments, um, uh, just how much my old ideas, like it's such a, I guess what I was thinking of is how I used to say, I'll never do X or Y in program. And I had a long list of I'll nevers. For someone who struggled so much, the arrogance or lack of pride in I'll never. And one of them was, I'll never go to vision. I'll never say I'm recovered. I'll never be one of those people. And I don't, it's funny, the minute I say I'll never, I'll never. (laughs) Now I know (laughs) the universe has an amazing way of teaching me a lesson. And I'm so grateful for the willingness and and even the pain that brought me to the willingness um, to have entirely new ideas that brought me an entirely new life. So I'm just feeling very grateful this morning for new ideas. Thanks. That's it. Okay. Thank you, Rena. That was Rena L. from Ohio. And I think maybe the next um, voice I heard was Paul A. Is that correct? It's Tom A. From Tom. <laughs> I'll get it right. Thank you so much. Go ahead, Tom. No problem. Thank you, Penny. Thank you for your service, Tom A., Recovering Compulsive Eater in Maryland. Uh, Really happy to be on Vision this morning. I'm uh, traveling with family uh, this week, and uh, someone asked me if they could go to a meeting with me, and I said, sure, join me on Vision at 7 o'clock. So uh, I'm happy to be here with you. Uh, Paragraph and the whole discussion of openness just reminds me of... uh, how often Bill Wilson tells me that fear is my underlying problem and that selfishness and self-centeredness is my problem uh, and that I have a thinking problem. And none of those problems can be solved by being closed-minded and arrogant, as others have said. Uh, the previous page a couple of days ago, we Paul, 
we can't hear you. Time, rather. Time A. Okay, I'm going to take some more names, and when uh, Tom, um, we'll call on Tom again to see if he has been able to come back online. So um, who else would like to share on that paragraph? Nancy P. There you go, Nancy P. What page, please? Margaret D. Margaret D. Hold on, I'll tell you in a minute. Margaret D. Loretta H. Loretta H. Okay. Anyone else? Hi, this is this, this is Tom. I'm sorry, I got cut off. Okay, Hold Rita on. R. Tom, I'll come right back to you. Who is who is R? Rita R. Rita R. Okay. Veronica C. Somebody B. Veronica C. Veronica, Veronica C. Okay. Anyone else? Okay, we're going to go back to Tom A, and then we'll get into the list I just took. Go ahead, Tom. Sorry, the phone dropped me there. Uh, anyhow, the, the, my favorite prayer lately is just free me of the bondage of self, and I keep seeing how... Uh, my fear of others and how they feel uh, in relationships with my wife that I'm afraid of how she's going to respond that I don't speak my truth and the only way to get out of this feeling trapped and a victim is to be completely re- dependent and reliant on my higher power to just pray each moment what is the next right thing what is your will for me now and to learn how to pause when I do that, uh, my life's a whole lot better. I don't, I don't do it every minute of every day. Uh, I heard somebody the other day talk about how they went from being aware of their higher power 10% of the time to now they're at 40% of the time. And I thought that was a great aspiration to just continue to increase the amount of time that I'm pausing and asking, what's next? What is your will for me? Thanks for letting me share. Thank you. That was Tom A., And uh, before I call on the next person, let me just remind you that we are on page 52 of the big book, and we agnostics, uh, we're doing just that first paragraph that starts with, but in most fields, and ends with, for something that does. So let's go to Nancy P. in Massachusetts. Hey, good morning. Um, thank you, Penny, for letting me share. This is Nancy P. Recovered in West Newton, Massachusetts. So um, I think the whole point of this entire chapter is to just find something that works for me. And I went through a lot of options over many, many years trying to find something that worked. And I tried using other people's ideas. I tried what I've since decided were Nancy P.'s own four terrible horsemen of borrow mine, use the group, fake it till you make it, and act as if. Those never worked. I tried using garden variety religion, but I didn't like the cross, the crescent, or the star. None of those things made even the slightest dent in my thinking, and my action followed my thinking. I stayed sick. I stayed eating. And if my body was the right size, didn't matter. My mind was still in thrall to the food, and I kept wondering why I was still so angry all the time. 
And then, of course, I would pick up and start all over again. It was like I was in this sticky tar pit. I couldn't throw anything away because what if it was what I actually needed, the very thing? I was a hoarder of, you know, solutions. And I think for me, the operative phrase in the paragraph is complete readiness. I wasn't ready. I just wasn't. I tried to be. Sometimes I thought I was. But it was like thinking the wedding is the marriage. And I can tell you from personal actual experience that the wedding is not the marriage. Um, <laughs> that was kind of an ugly surprise. Um, you know, I got over it because I've been married 35, almost 35 years, but it was a surprise that this, you know, perfect guy that I married turned out to be pretty human. Um, and I had no clue about complete readiness. And I was never going to be ready. I was never going to be ready. I remember when I had my first baby, when I was pregnant, somebody gave me like stuff to take care of it. And I looked at the little bathtub and I was like, I have to wash it. I, I had no idea. Like I just wanted to buy the clothes and decorate the room. And, um, you know, I had to fling myself out of this plane that was flying over a field of metal spikes with no parachute. That's what it seemed like to me. And, you know, I was, I didn't want to do it. And I don't want to give away the plot, but in the next couple of days, I talk about the God idea working. And, you know, I, it wasn't that when I read that, I suddenly believed in God, far from it, but it was actually when I thought that if something worked for other people, maybe something, something, I don't know what could work for me, maybe, maybe, maybe. And so, ready or not, I did fling myself out of the plane. I didn't impale myself on metal spikes. I was caught and gently placed on a safe spot, and my new life began to be filled with joy and light, and today I comprehend the word serenity and I know peace. I flung my body out and my mind was dragged along with it. And that whole process was the way I began. And I have continued and continued and continued. And today I don't have to worry about either my actions or my thinking. It's all taken care of. The one way, say it with me, surrender, surrender, surrender. With that, I'll pass. Thank you, Nancy. That was Nancy P. And next we have Margaret D. Um, Hey, Penny, good morning. Um, good morning, everybody. My name is Margaret D, and I'm I'm really grateful that um, that and I am a uh, recovered compulsive eater, um, recovered through God's grace and mercy. This whole chapter, um, I had a sponsor one time who said to me, Margaret, this whole chapter is really about God. Um, opening my mind up about God so that God can teach me about God. Um, I can read some of these things, you know, like about the um, longshoremen who are capable of having an open mind. That was not me. I mean, even today, I I tried an experiment um, about putting my garbage can in a different room just to see how long it would take me before it became automatic for me to go to this other room to throw the garbage away or the trash away instead of going where it had been. This was like almost eight months ago. I still automatically go back to that first room. So my rational mind changing it, I may be willing to do it. I don't know that I can do it. And so what my higher power is teaching me is 
that it really does take a higher power to do something as basic as to let go of biases and old ideas and old ways of thinking, even though I may desperately want to do it, there's a part of my brain that it is so stuck in the Stone Age, I'm sorry, that, you know, it just takes dynamite to get it to even budge a bit. And so for me, this chapter here, and especially this paragraph, is about faith. It's not something that I can do automatically, but it's about having faith, I guess maybe it's going back a bit to step two, that there is a power greater than myself that can open my mind and that can change my mind and that can let my mind um, accept and even be interested or desire new ideas. Because left to my own devices, I'm just that hamster on the wheel, you know, doing the same thing over and over and over again, expecting different results. So every time that um, I'm blessed with like an aha experience about, oh my gosh, I never thought about it that way or whatever, it's, it's just a sign that once again, God is doing for me, first of all, what I can't do for myself, even though I want to do that. I can't. And it's about God opening my mind about my higher power or my higher power opening my mind about my higher power so that my higher power can teach me about my higher power. I love you all, and I'm so happy to be here this morning. Thank you, everybody. And with that, I pass. Loretta H., you're next. Good morning, Penny and all who are saving my life along with my precious God. Loretta H., recovered for today in North Carolina. Very grateful. I looked up the word liberation. Willing to respect or accept behavior or opinions different from one's own open to new ideas and that's in the surrender and i stopped the debating society the er is just um stopping debate the debating society or the d in surrender and um the only way i can do that is in step three making that decision and then the step transforms my heart to a lasting connection with God. Because um, it's interesting, I was thinking about that this morning. The original sin was taking a piece of that apple. And once I take a piece, I have no peace. And then my life just turns over. And so today, uh, and as, as I've shared, um, my abstinence is spiritual. It's practicing the principles in all my affairs. My food plan is a tool, and I still use it after 21-plus years to be accountable and honest. But what I need, because I have that spiritual malady, is to transform that heart. 
And the only way I can do that is by working my steps, you know, uncovering, discovering, and discarding what has been troubling me. And it's interesting because somebody talked about the word freedom, and that's what I get when I savor his presence. Um, I looked it up, and it's interesting. It's in both editions, it's 12. And um, the 12 and 12 and the big book, it's a combination of 12. Interesting enough, Bill gave us 12 and 12. So I, is it odd or God that um, it's used 12 times and that it's divided by six? So I'm just, God is so magical. And, but the only way I can find his magic is by practicing the principles in all my affairs and savoring his presence so that I can actually have peace so that I don't require that peace. And God gave me a wonderful holiday and I had no cravings, nothing. I just had peace. And as Bill said, peace to all men, or goodwill to all men, and peace on earth. And that's what I want in each day. So with that I pass, I'm hoping that that can be transformed in your heart today. Thank you. Thank you. That was Loretta H. And thank you to Margaret D. who shared before Loretta. And next we have Rita. Rita R. Yes, hi. Hi, Penny. Thank you for your service. Thanks for everyone who's doing service. And hello, my fellows, uh, Rita from Massachusetts. And I want to thank everyone who shared today. Um, so powerful. Um, yes, I have such a thinking disease. And I want to uh, just name that I'm really scared to share. Um, but I'm practicing step three. You know, make it a decision to believe that I am loved by my higher power, who I call God, that I'm willing to release and let go of my disease thinking that says to me so frequently, you're less than, you don't have anything to offer. Let others share who do have something to offer. And these are just lies. And, you know, I know where they lead me. Um, it's the same old, same old. And so I'm sharing because I believe God needs me to take action, even if I'm petrified, so that he can build my faith um, and let me know, you know, you're okay, Rita. And so I'm sharing for others who might feel the same way that I do. Um, thank you and love you all and have a great day. Thank you, okay. Rita. Uh... And um, Veronica C., it's your turn. Thank you, Penny, and good morning to everyone on the line today. I appreciate your presence. Um, Abandonment was a major issue throughout my life. And, uh, you know, I think the abandonment began as a very young child. But I also had a sense of a God. But my God, from the time I was very little, although he was or she or 
divine or whatever we want to refer to this beautiful being was something that was very large in my life and was supposed to protect me. This was the thinking that I had before program. So what did that mean? It meant that I would pray to something to give me something. And this type of prayer continued throughout my life. Uh, I was in my early 20s when I really started on a very deep um, excursion into the world of spirit. And uh, I was very invested in discovering ways of prayer and ways of expanding my I guess you could say expanding my view of what I thought a greater being was. And I had that. I had that. I developed it. And I no longer felt alone. But when I was in my later 20s, I endured a very, two very big losses in my life. And after the second loss, I really abandoned the whole idea of something greater than me because I felt that something greater than me would not have created such pain in my life, would not have removed something in my life. And um, when I went into program, that was part of my seeking. Part of my seeking was to find that something again. But it was very much about reading, it was about taking information in, it was about um, looking for an answer, but it really wasn't about an understanding or uh, this type of uh, vision that I really needed to encompass, which was knowing that this something that was greater than me was there for me, but it wasn't to ask to give something, it was to receive and it was to also give back. So the first order that I developed was to understand that service was very important. And program really started that going in me. So service became a cornerstone. And service for me, as I've gotten into further into the program and the spiritual element of the program, has been about of course, people say 10, 11, and 12. But for me, what that means is that it's very important for me to make a connection with another human being. Because in making that connection with another human I'm being, I am working with God. With that, I pass. Thank you. Thank you. That was Veronica C. And it looks like we have time for... Um, Two more, perhaps even three more shares. Who would like to take those spots? P.P. Pete. Good morning, P.P. Who else? Anyone else want to follow Pete? Okay, Pete. Yes. Who was that? Marie Ellen G. Okay. I'd like to share Debbie. Debbie, and let's let's just do you two, and then I'll come back if we have more. Go ahead, Pete B, please. 
Uh, thank you, Penny. My name's PP. I'm a compulsive overeater recovered today by God's grace and mercy. I appreciate you taking the meeting. It's great to hear you in service, and uh, you're doing a great job. I love this. I love, you know, any, any, anything that talks about freedom, I can really appreciate. You know, I, 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 I'll tell you, you know, that, that's what, that's what I, I never, I didn't realize it, but I was in such bondage by my compulsive overeating. It dictated all of the moves that I made. And I, I so desperately wanted to be free. And I thought that that's what freedom was doing what I want, eating what I wanted. But I was, but I was, I was just, I was in captivity. And, you know, and you, 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 it, it's, you know, it's the, the, our 12-step recovery programs ask us to abandon our old thinking. And then the, the way that the fellowship thinks, that's, a, that's an excellent transition from abandoning my old thinking to now coming into a new way of thinking, right? But, you know, it's, it, that, that new way of thinking sounds a lot like bondage to me, a lot like bondage. This is what you have to do. This is what we do, right? Like, a, it's a great transition, but it's not the end. The end is liberation. The end is, is getting access to this power, connecting with this power greater than myself, aligning my will with this power, and then following the dictates of that power. That is the freedom. Right? Listen to what we're saying. Listen to, you know, program, and I make my calls a day, and I report this. That don't sound like freedom to me. Freedom to me is aligning my will with God's, being 100% entirely abstinent, abstinent, following my meal plan from, because it provides what I need from a nutritional perspective, and then letting my God inspire me and direct me to be as he would or she would have me be. Being the right example of my God's love, my God's will, and my God's way of life, right? So let's remember, it talks about liberation. Excellent start. Abandon your old thinking. Here's, the, here's what we do. This is what we do. But the, 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 the name of the game is liberation, and that liberation comes through my, my relationship with the God of my understanding, which is what this 12-step recovery program guarantees me. I'll shut up with this. Here's what I know for sure, no matter what. The promise of the 12-step recovery program. If I don't pick up the first bite, I can't get the phenomena of craving. And if I don't get the phenomenal craving, I got a chance. And with that, I'll pass. Hey, thank you, PP. Debbie, I have you next. I don't know your uh, initial or where you're from, please. Oh, yes. Hi, I'm Debbie from North Carolina. And, um, you know, I just wanted to say... Um, I'm just very confused with the food. You know, I'm just, I'm very confused. Um, my my disease tells me that it's okay to pick up the first bite and it'll be okay. And um, I don't think it ever is. I just don't think it, it is ever okay to pick up the first bite. And um, 
So I'm just very confused by the whole thing. My disease also tells me that I don't need this program because the more I listen to the program, um, the the more I have to think about my food. And um, I do know that I'm clean from alcohol and drugs. Um, January 26th, I think, is 27 or 28 years. Um, but I'm definitely not clean from the food. And um, I'm just very confused by by the food. Um, so I'm basically just telling on myself, and I'm going to try to start today with some type of action plan. So thank you for letting me share. Okay, Debbie, hold on. Would you give us the initial of your last name? J. And are you on the uh, member list? I'm sorry? Are you on our member list for Vision? No, I am not, no. Okay, um, you might want to try to do that, and other people might want to give you a call. How do I get on the member list? Uh, um, you, well, I'll give you my number, and you can call me after this meeting. Okay, 7, okay. 781 781-447-1468. 781-447-1468. Got right. it. Thank you. Might have been better if I waited till after we weren't recorded, but that's okay. So um, anyway, we have two minutes. Do it. Is there anybody who wants to take a two-minute share? Toby K. Toby, go ahead. Toby. Yes. Hi. Could you hear me? I can. Go ahead. Thank you. Um, so um, I li- I like what the uh, last speaker spoke about um, an action plan because I get um, into myself so easily. Um, I just want to make sure I have privacy. I get into myself so easily into self pity and um, my ego, my ego mode that I just I, I can't break out of it. And I really need um, an action plan to make a call, but I, I get it like a six, a sick, a sick sense of um, sitting in it, um, like a pig um, wallowing in the mud. Uh, I get like a sick, um, good feeling out of it. Um, I don't deserve this. Um, blah blah blah. So if I just use my hand to pick up the phone and to tell somebody that I'm suffering internally, um, that might help. So I'm I'm listening to all of you and um and I really do need an action plan to get out of my sick mind. Thank you so much, I pass. Penny, we can't hear you. Here I am. <laughs> um, so I'm thanking everybody who attended, everybody who shared, and 
and all the people who are on the Wednesday, December 2022, 7 a.m. team, Annette, Heather, Vanessa, Sandy, Nancy, um, oh, gosh, PMSI, and Anne-Marie M. Thank you very much. Um, Please join us for a second unrecorded hour of study immediately following the closing. The share ID for today, Wednesday, December 28, 2022, is 19,793-19793. We will now close, as we always do, with the reading from the big book on page 164, followed by the serenity prayer. And CNDC is here to read that selection for us. Uh, Thanks, Penny. My name is Sandy C., Grateful Recovered Compulsive Eater in Massachusetts. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order. But obviously you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right, and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit, and you will surely meet some of us as you tread to the road of happy destiny. Excuse me. May God bless you and keep you until then.